0: Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body.
1: many questions for you, but before, for background for our listeners, I'd like just to explain who are you, where you come from, uh, what do you do,
0: just so our listeners have a bit of background on yourself. Of course. My name is Martin Silver, and I'm from the UK originally. I'm from Wales in the UK, and I came over to Australia. Obviously, I'm now based in Sydney, where where myself and Ruben are now. We're in lovely Coogee in a suburb in the east suburbs in Sydney. Um, So, yeah, I moved over here about over a year ago, and I came over here to pursue my passion, which is health and fitness. And I also wanted to delve a bit deeper into modelling and actually broaden my horizon, you know, because there's lots of opportunity here with the modeling modeling gigs and stuff, fitness modeling and whatnot. But it was primarily just just for a change of lifestyle and just to embrace more opportunity. Um, but yeah, my background, I am a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer for over ten years. I'm an elite level, highly experienced personal trainer. Uh, I also coach people online as well. And as you know I have my own podcast as well. Which is called optimize your body. I thought I put a little plug, little plug out I'll, there. Oh, I'll edit everything to show notes afterwards. Uh, but no very, worries. Very stuff. Yeah, and also I'm um, uh, fitness model pro as well. So just to break it down for the listeners, like bodybuilding essentially, similar yeah. to bodybuilding. Uh, I got to the professional level as a fitness model. You know, I've competed about eight times. So I spent a lot of time doing that, and uh, you know, working as a fitness model. But yeah, my my passion and my purpose in life is is health and fitness and and actually trying to make the world a better place by improving people's uh, overall wellness health and making people look good that's what yeah. I specialize in you know getting people in killer shape essentially so uh but yeah for me the top priority nowadays uh, Ruben is is health so uh I try to make, get people to make that a priority and then the aesthetics and the physique mm-hmm. will come with it. But yeah, that's my specialities and that's my background. That's amazing. And when did you
1: start it? Cause everyone has a steppy point or was gradually when you start creating this passion for fitness, you know, you said it was 10 years ago. So yep. you were a very skinny guy before. Definitely. That's right. That's right. And one of the reasons I want you on this podcast is example <laughs> that you're probably the fittest guy I know. Uh, personally, Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, definitely. And when did it actually start? It was something that happened to you or something specific? Or you just kind of like play around with it? You kind of, I'm going to do some exercise and kind of
0: you developed that along the way. How was that for you? Okay, that's a good question. So I've always been active. Mm-hmm. I've always been, you know, into fitness, exercise, and I've always played sports from a young age. Sorry. So that's just, just take a step back. I've always played sports, been a very sporty, uh, competitive child and uh, my mother always pushed me to play sports especially rugby so um i used to play rugby that was my number one sport and uh, from a young age i was always big into as i say a, lot, a variety of different sports when i got to the age of about 14 um i was introduced to weight training by my buddy and uh, started lifting weights and i really really enjoyed it and and discovered that actually That is my passion, and that is my kind of, um, that's my, it became a hobby, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I started building muscle really fast, so I was quite late when it comes to, you know, puberty, testosterone and whatnot. I was quite late, so uh, when I got to about 16, I started growing, you know, like at a really, really fast rate. So I started building a lot of muscle, and you know what it's like, you know, you're a young lad, you're trying to look good for the opposite sex. (laughs) You know, Um, I wanted to be a bit bigger for rugby as well. Yeah. So it all started off. Just like that, mate. Really, just lifting That's weights. Cool, man. Yeah, and then by the time yeah. I got to about 1920, um, I discovered that I just finished college. I didn't really, I wasn't really focused exactly on what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I decided, you know, I'm just going to pursue a career in health and fitness. Done my personal training qualification. Yeah. When I was 19, and, and never, looked, never that looked back. But yeah. How old are you now? I'm 30 now. Wow. Yeah. So. Damn. Uh, Amazing. Thanks, mate. That's really cool. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say as well, and then I kind of obviously in my late 20s got more into, because um, I'm very competitive, mm-hmm. so when I stopped playing rugby, I needed something to replace, you know, the adrenaline kick, yeah. if you like, and uh, that's when I started competing then as a men's physique athlete, and then eventually as a, as a fitness model, which is basically where you're wearing speedos and your legs are out. So men's physique is long board shorts covering the legs. And then I went into fitness model. So I had to really go for it then and build my legs up. Which uh, is the ha- very hard, isn't it? Everyone struggles with that a lot. Oh, especially me, mate. I'm not, as you can see, I'm not built to have big legs. I've got yeah. long, long, skinny legs and everything. Yeah. But as you said, sorry, one more thing as well is, um, a lot of it stems from insecurities as well when it comes to lifting weights and looking good, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I was always a skinny young lad. And then when I, when I, when I, uh, discovered the gym, I, uh, I, and I started building muscle, that was just for me then it was like, oh, yes, you know, it was kind of like, um, uh, releasing any insecurities I had because I was building muscle and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's good to know the reason why you actually start doing it. Looking back is, is quite interesting, really. So that's interesting.
1: You, you, you step on that, the purpose. Cause one of the episodes, I don't remember which one, but I listened to you. You're talking about to be a good PT. Um, one of the many things you need to have. It's actually also understand the purpose and the why behind your clients want to lose weight or they want to lose, um, um, you know, lose some fat. Uh, how do you, how do you work with your clients to understand their why? Because that goes more into psychology. You know, let's say you're not only on the fitness coach, but you're becoming more, you know, let's say a counselor or something like that. How do you work with your clients for that? Because you mentioned that it's very important as well. Mm. Another good
0: question, mate. To be honest, only over the last—I've been a trainer for over a, over a decade now, as I said, and uh, it's really only over the last say since I've been here, really, over the last say year or two, where I've really since tuning into the Mind Pump Media podcast. That we're, we'll talk a bit more about that. It would um, definitely talk about later that. down the line. But since tuning into yeah, tuning into that podcast, it made me realise that actually, you know. I always knew a lot of the things those guys are talking about, but I never really applied them. So as you say, the why is the most important factor. So for example, nowadays, when I have someone come in for a PT consultation, for the most part, they'll come into me with, you know, their goals. When I ask them what their goals are, their goals will be to look better. And they're normally certain parts of their body they're not happy with. So as I said before, if I track back to the insecurities, a lot of people without realizing it are actually the ones who want to just look better. I want to go to the gym because I don't like the way I look. I don't like certain parts of my body, and I want to look better. So they're always unhappy with certain parts of their body. So that's the, one of the first things I address is if they say, oh, listen, I want to work on this area that area, I'll delve a bit deeper into their training history, and then I'll, I'll start, like, unpacking why. You know, why is it you want to – is there any particular reason? Have you got a holiday coming up? Is yeah. It, you know, is it, be, is it for health reasons, or is it because you literally just want to look better? And I'll normally try and – not always. It depends on the person, but I'll try and get them to give me five whys. at some wow, point that's down some, not, on, not always on the first consultation. Yeah, of so course. Otherwise, t- you scare them. <laughs> exactly. You scare them away, mate. Yeah, got to be tactical. Yeah, but you know the thing is when when you come in to the gym. Primarily because you want to look better. You can take it from me. Uh, it's a never-ending journey and it's a never-ending struggle because you're never satisfied with how you look, no matter how you could be training for a year. That's lost, so true. You know how it is. Yeah. You lost twenty percent body fat or whatever. You look lean. You look great to other people, but to yourself, you still see the same. You know, you, but body image issues are very, uh, very common nowadays. So. The why is very important. And I, like I said at the start, I always try to get people to a, to address health and focus on how they feel. You know, tell me, you know, how are your energy levels? Um, how are you sleeping? How's your skin? You know, all these things are markers and indicators to the level of health you have. And if you, if you get yourself to a, a good level of health, and guess what? The body will come as a, as a side effect. And, yeah. that, and that's where I'm at now, really. So. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go, ba- go
1: back now to fitness questions. Very specific. Um, I pretty much write down a lot of questions as i was listening to your episodes on on on, on your podcast um and you just mentioned now about sleep and of course everyone knows sleep is important but if you break down that for someone that's wanna, you know, they wanna lose weight or they wanna build muscle mass or just health in general, why sleep is so important? And I think people take for granted and people actually not sleeping properly nowadays. Absolutely.
0: It's uh, part of the epidemic we're actually facing right now, Ruben. So as you know, we're in a, unfortunately, we're in a state, we're in a, in a state now where we're the sickest we've ever been as a, as a you know, on a worldwide scale. Okay, yeah. so, um, you know, autoimmune diseases, chronic illness, um, you know, like cancer, heart disease, all these things have, have uh, increased exponentially, right? And there's, there's numerous different factors which come into that. And most most of it comes down to behavioral issues and environmental, okay? So most people are not looking after... People who find themselves in these positions, they're not looking after themselves one way or another, right? So, um, But when it comes to sleep... Now, I listened to a podcast myself recently, actually, and uh Sleep is actually I would say it's it's hard to distinguish the most important part of health, right? So the way I look at it is there's like four pillars of health. You know, exercise, sleep, nutrition, and you know, social connections. Okay, so essentially interacting with other humans. Those four things are the most vital components for your overall health. Now, sleep I would say is at the top, right? So I mean I don't really know where to start really. There's so many different for example They've done studies recently on, um, people that slept under four hours, right, for one night. And these are conclusive studies on thousands That's of people. It's insane, yeah. I know. Just for one night. Yeah. Right. We'll see how much damage one night of bad sleep can do. And what they found in most of these individuals was, um, the, the, the cells which fight certain types of cancer were reduced by 70%. Okay. Um, also, lots of different studies have proven that actually they've done, they done a study for a few, just a few weeks on people as well. Um, young, healthy people. And what they found was, um, over the space of a few weeks, I had a rubbish sleep last night, by the way. So um, I might not be as sharp. <laughs> I'm, I should be practicing while I preach. Uh, no, but what they found is, um, so the hormone is connected to appetite and hunger. So, uh, ghrelin is, is known as the hunger hormone. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll send your brain the signal basically to tell you you're hungry. And leptin is a satiety hormone, so it'll tell you when you're full. And I can't remember the exact details of this study. Long story short, what they found was after a few weeks of bad sleep, I think it was under six hours, uh, the, the, the group of people that slept under six hours were... Basically, their ghrelin and, and leptin levels just changed went the opposite way. So they were they were eating. They found that their appetite was through the roof. They were um, craving rubbish foods, and basically the, the the hormone that was telling they were they were full was almost non-existent. Yeah, and ghrelin, the hunger hormone, was through the roof. Yeah. So you know it affects your hormones. It affects absolutely everything. You know it regenerates your whole body. So we we know about um, growth hormone as well. Yeah, uh, growth <laughs> hormone. Uh, for example, this is just one of the many hormones, but that is, um, that is basically secreted at the highest rates when you're sleeping and that regenerates and reproduces all your cells. So if you're not getting, you know, good quality sleep, I would, I would like to stress to the listeners is, is the most important part really. So getting into that REM sleep, the rapid eye movement. Uh, if you don't get into a proper deep sleep so um, yeah, you're not going to get you're not going to and I'd just like to say just give them some tips right because I want to try and give them solutions um, so for example the three most important things for good quality sleep is a dark room okay um, a cool room as well so make sure your body temperature is down uh, you know to a basically having a, a hot cold shower before bed's good Yeah, and then cold water to drop your core temperature uh, and what was the other one there was another one as well which is, so it's, yeah, it's, what was it, darkness, Um, it was, it was darkness. Is it your uh, phone, the
1: lights? Cool. You're going to talk about that? Yeah, well. yeah,
0: yeah, so there was that as well. Oh, listen, like I said, it goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah. Your brain doesn't operate properly. The Absolutely. Step up. Anyway, um, those two things are really important. <laughs> so preparing yourself for a good sleep is vital. So yeah. as you said, I always make sure, or I try to, Um, I don't succeed always, come off my phone one hour before bed, Uh, at least one hour before bed. So no electrical activity on the brain and um, turn the lights down as well. So you're you're in a darker room one way or another. Uh, And I always read before bed as well. So don't, you know, go in on your phone just before bed. It's been proven the electrical activity actually kills the melatonin in your brain, which is the hormone which, which is released when it's dark and puts you into a deep sleep. Yeah. It kills off <laughs> that hormone and increases your cortisol levels, your stress hormone. So you don't feel like sleeping. Exactly. and You don't get as good a quality sleep. So uh, awesome. it is absolutely vital, people. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um, you as a PT, what are the mistakes um, you see in the gym in general or something that you address constantly. As a PT you see there's a lot of mistakes they do with clients or people just in the gym in general, things that you see that people usually they do very wrongly. Okay. Do you have
0: anything specific? There is it's a good question again, but there's a new, there's numerous different answers for that. But for example, when you look at the fundamental the fundamental lifts, the most important lifts which, which I shouldn't say lifts, I say exercises when it comes to weightlifting. Now, we all know weightlifting is, is by far superior to any kind of exercise when it comes to building up your metabolism, your bone density, you know, overall health and longevity, because strength is the foundation for everything, right? So when it comes to lifting weights, the most important lifts are like squats, and deadlifts. Overhead press. Compound exercise. Compound exercises. That's exactly right. That's how I've
1: changed. I just changed it now after years and years because I started listening to Mind Pumping Media, you know, and also your podcast. I realized how important those exercises are were, and I was not doing
0: any of them. Yeah. So yeah. important. So and that, important. that's exactly what I was going to say. <clears throat> Way too many people, um, mess around doing things they see, for example, on Instagram, they see these models they look up to doing exercises, which are not really important. They, cause the thing is, um, humans are attracted to novelty, right? So we'll see someone doing something fancy looking, which looks different, for example, on Instagram or YouTube and everyone jumps on board and does this exercise. For example, you know, it could be like tying a band to a machine or doing some stuff with resistance bands and all these things have their place but people neglect the things which actually get you bang for your buck like your squats and your deadlifts so I would say the, 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 that's the, one of the biggest errors i see is people not actually focusing on the big rocks and yeah. doing those and doing those kind of movements but yeah not doing those not focusing because squats and deadlifts they're both skills in their own right okay yeah. as you know yeah so they, it takes a lot of time to master those movements i still have a mastered squats and i've been doing them for years um so you, see, you don't see people taking them seriously enough and they're just doing them willy-nilly mm-hmm. and, and not focusing on technique so so it's it's Getting those two movements right, you don't yeah. see people doing. But also, just people <clears throat> focusing on technique in general. You know, people and um, a lot of people are ego lifting, yeah. especially guys. Yeah. So they're lifting heavy weights with rubbish form. But we all know, well, not we all know, but lifting weights is literally at least seventy percent psychological. So unless you're connecting to your muscles and doing it with good technique then, uh, you know, you're not going to get the desired results. So. Yeah, it's funny that because,
1: you know, if you go to university you learn, I don't know, you want to become a doctor, uh, you got to go and study for it. Mm. Uh, you want to learn, you know, how to write about it. So you got to practice, you know, you got to learn the techniques or anything that you want to learn. But when it comes to uh, the gym, and it's funny how people just go straight to the gym and then you start pumping weights and trying to do some sort of exercise exactly it's just weird why like we, we take for granted the learning process i 100%. i used to do that a lot and i would just go to the gym and do anything and thought that while also actually getting the results and when, now i've changed a little bit
0: it's insane how, how much i've changed like for the better 100 percent. yeah and i've got to say um you know directing this at europe is um your level of like how much you Information you absorb is great. I mean, I remember when I first met you, when I, when I got here. Yeah. And I you know, I've always listened to podcasts over the last couple of years and, but you introduced me to the audio, you know, the audio books I'd never heard of. Right? Yeah. I never really, and you introduced me to them. Amazing. And you actually made me take it up a level, mate. So now when I'm training, it depends what mood I'm in. If I'm really, if I'm tired and not feeling up like the training, I need some good music. Yeah. And most of the time I'm listening <clears> to audio books now. That's amazing. So, so as you said, mate, it's, um, you know, people just come into the gym and again, go back to what I said, they'll see something online or they'll, just literally follow suit, follow the rest, you know, like sheep kind of thing, following, um, not necessarily the right people. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, coming in and not really focusing enough on honing in on the yeah. technical side of it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I listened to one of the episodes you have with one of the
1: guys from Mind Pump Media was with Sal. And mm-hmm. that was really crucial for me to change my, um, exercise approach. Cause you guys talk about it once, something I got really out of it was the difference between adaptation and recovery. So I used to think that if I feel sore, I was growing muscle and I would exercise maybe a chest on, on a Thursday and I would feel so sore because I actually I ex- ex- uh, exhausted my my muscles and then I just exercise again on a Thursday again, right? And then that was actually rec- recovery, not more, more adaptation. Mm. Can you explain the difference and why it's so
0: important to know those differences? Yeah, you got that spot on. And that is the one of the biggest takeaways from, from what I've learned from the Mind Pump guys. So listen up to this then, folks. Right, so a lot of us will go into the gym. Okay, I used to do this up until about two years ago and, and, and think that we need to bust our balls and train at high intensity in order to get results. And you want to be aching the next day. So we have this mentality of going into the gym and then hammering ourselves, breaking down muscle, and then if we're not aching the next day, it's almost like we're not satisfied, right? And we haven't done a good job. Yeah. Actually, if you're not aching, you know, there's there's different variables here, but if you're doing it properly, the next day, yes, you should feel it. Don't get me wrong. You should feel like you've done something. But if you're aching for longer than about a day, two days max, you've done too much. So you've probably broken down, potentially broken down connective tissue, like tendons and stuff like that. Um, And also you've just broken the muscles down too much. So as you just said then, What you're then doing is your your body is going to prioritize recovery before it even considers building muscle. That's insane. You know, you know, so different. It's it's so different. Oh my god, mate! And that's it. It's like so. You you don't want to be in a constant state of recovery, as you said earlier. And that's how most of us. I say us. I don't do that anymore. That's how most people tend to train. Is um is they're aching? Oh yes, I've done a good job. I've for example, I've gone into the gym and hammered my legs, or I've done a leg session. You know, when you can't walk for like three, four days or Yes, that was a great session. Can you even go in stairs? Exactly. That's it. You're like walking like you pooed yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Um, And that's, and that's not the way to do it, folks. So, um, there's, there's, there's a lot to talk about here, but just to break it down for you, if you focus on technique, like I said, and doing the big compound movements, squats, deadlifts, bench press, Overhead press. Military those kind of press. Things. Military press. Yeah. Exactly. Those kind of things on a regular basis. Um, but not, not, fo- not really overdoing it on the volume. So not doing, you know, for example, um, you only really need to do if one or two exercises on each body part each time you train. Um, so for example, what I do is I'll do um, like the mind pump style is I'll do three sessions a week, big sessions, right? So full body workouts. And all I'm doing is I'm doing like uh, one or two exercises for each body part. That's all I'm doing. Um, that's so different. Approach. Yeah. So different. But like yeah. you said earlier, the frequency though, Ruben, right? So yeah, because then you go down to trigger sessions. And I yes. want to talk
1: about that because I didn't know what, what is trigger session. What is that? Exactly. So that's what mind pump have taught me.
0: Yeah. So the frequency, if I'm doing three whole body sessions a week, Week. how many times am I each hitting each body part in a week? Three, 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 three times. times. Yeah. There we go. Minimum, right? So I'm hitting three, um, hitting every body part at least three times in a week. And then, as you said, uh, another way of, of doing it on the days in between these sessions, it depends what my focus is. But if my focus is to build muscle uh, and, and improve my performance and strength in the gym, what I will then do is I will do the trigger sessions, which the Mind Pump guys taught me, and that is using a resistance band. So a resistance band with handles on it, yeah? So no weights. No weights, just a resistance band, okay? And you do not need a heavy. So, for example, when I'm doing these total body sessions, the intensity is moderate, sometimes a little bit high intensity, but I would say overall it's moderate. When I'm doing the trigger sessions, it's low intensity, okay? It's low intensity, and I'm doing it with a light band, So and I'm just getting a pump on uh, for about, say, I don't know, six to ten minutes, yeah, I just do the whole body. I'll do like, for example, Rube. I'll do like five exercises. Yeah. So I'll do for me legs, as you said, legs is always a weakness. So I'll make sure I do squats. Sometimes I'll do two exercises for, for legs, but just body weight, and then I'll get the band for the upper body stuff. Yeah. And I'll do like three or four. Like warming up, priming your body. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah, but just pumping the muscles up. Yes. And that does enough to send the muscle building signal, but also it helps you recover. It really helps you recover. So you're getting some blood flowing into the muscles. Yeah. That's not-
1: so. That's ama- it's just amazing. It's, crazy. it's,
0: it's, it's just a completely different concept. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And if I'm doing a showroom, what I'll do is I'll do three big total body sessions, and then I'll do um, I'll hit my weak body parts. Yeah. On the days in between in the gym. Yeah. So I'll do like a leg session, for example, on days in between. But it's not high intensity. Once again, it's moderate intensity. It's about seventy percent of what most people do in terms of intensity. Yeah. But it's focused on connecting to the muscles. And yeah. It's that frequency and letting your body adapt to what you're doing. Um, that's, I won't go too much into that, but just to talk about recovery and frequency, yeah, uh, game changers. But adaptation is another thing as well, right? Maybe I could talk about that another time. But yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um,
1: I hope that made sense. Yeah, you yeah, know, that made yeah. a lot of sense. That was cool, really man. good. That was really well spot on. Um, what is the difference between good cholesterol and bad cholesterol? So talk us through about that, because I think we don't know anything about it, and we just talk randomly exactly what's the difference
0: because bad cholesterol and good cholesterol there's a difference that's right yeah so um low um ldl so you've got um the low density lipoprotein right ldl that is generally known as the bad type of cholesterol however right there's a lot more to it so doctors um, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know um what's the word condemn any doctors or trying to shoot doctors down because most of them are yeah. really really intelligent successful people and they are absolutely amazing right but when it comes to, um, chronic stuff, um, they, they're not the best when it comes to chronic, not, not always across the board, but when it comes to addressing the root cause of a problem and actually, for example, knowing what cholesterol is, a lot of them, and, and it's not their fault, they're just not, they're not fully educated on, on these topics, they're just not, right? So, um, they still think cholesterol is bad, full stop, okay? Great question, right? Once again, um, so LDL, there's, there's two different types. There's, there's small particles. Okay, so LDL is the bad type. Um, I believe there is, um, two, there's different types of particles. So it's not all bad. Okay. So the LDL actually is still good for you if you have a certain amount. HDL is known as the, the high density lipoproteins, which is really good for, you know, for your heart and all these different things, right? So, um, that is generally really good for you, but you can have too much of either. And the, th- the thing about cholesterol is it's actually a nutrient. So unfortunately, cholesterol has been given a really, really bad name. As if it's some kind of demon, right? And it's really bad for you. But yeah. cholesterol is an essential nutrient, right? It actually transports. So look at it this way. A good analogy is: cholesterol is like imagine imagine cars on a motorway, right? Cholesterol is like a car which is got the passengers in there, and the passengers are the fatty acids, okay? Essential fatty fatty acids which which we need to sustain life. And what this car does. Is It'll drive through your bloodstream, transporting those fatty acids around the body. So cholesterol actually transports fatty acids around the body. Um, it's essential for your sex drive. It actually produces hormones. Cholesterol actually um, produces testosterone. Uh, lots of different hormones it plays a part in. But um, it is vital for, like I said, sex drive, testosterone levels. So for example, I'll actually go through phases where I, if I'm doing strength training, for example. Another thing I stole off the mind bump, guys, is um, I will actually cycle my cholesterol. So I'll have about seven or eight days of having high cholesterol, super high, right, which doctors would think I'm going to die. And And when you say that, (laughs) what do you do? So what I'll do is I'll have primarily high cholesterol foods such as animal offal. So you know, like uh chicken sorry to any vegetarians or vegans. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is another level of animal this. Um chicken livers, lamb livers, you know, animal offal. Yeah. Mainly livers. That's where you get most yeah. of the cholesterol. Heart and stuff. Yeah, yeah, heart as well. But generally yeah. I'll just stick to livers because yeah. you get such a wide range. So folks, by the way, animal offal as well is so nutritious. Okay, so animal offal and shellfish. Actually, those two kind of foods, so, so nutritious that if a vegan was to just eat once or twice a week, eat animal offal or shellfish, they would actually get in a wider range of nutrients than someone on a paleo diet who eats meat every single day, like a caveman. That's how nutritious these things are. So anyway, yeah, that's a f- thanks for that. That was that, awesome. That's all right, mate. So yeah, so I'll, um, I'll I'll have those kind of foods, egg yolks as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing. And eggs, eggs are like bloody I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like eggs have been given a really really bad name. You had too many kind eggs, of the cholesterol, the, yeah, they're the cholesterol, egg. yeah, exactly. But the thing is, the yolk has loads of different nutrients as well, right? So lots of different B vitamins and a wide range of minerals, um, but all also, an egg yolk contains lecithin, right? Which actually is a compound which emulsifies the cholesterol, so it doesn't it, it, it kills off some of the cholesterol anyway. But like I said, cholesterol is not all bad anyway. So, um, so egg yolks, animal all those kind of things, just just meat and stuff like that. I won't have a, a stupid amount, but I'll just make a mindful effort of increasing those things. And by God, does it improve my strength and my libido? I mean. Don't mean to be crude here, but my sex drive is, is decent, right? It's decent. Yeah. It's not too bad. But when I, when I do have more cholesterol or saturated fat in general, I know it's a massive difference, a huge difference. That's insane. Oh, mate, honestly, yeah. fats in general, when I, when I started increasing and experimenting and having a wider range of fats, um, massive difference in my libido, my health, yeah. my overall health, my energy, everything, yeah. mate. Unbelievable. And you touched on fat now. So what's the difference between the saturated fat and unsaturated fat? Okay. So, there's unsaturated fat. There's two types. So there's monounsaturated fats and there's polyunsaturated fats. Just to dumb it down. Polyunsaturated fats are like your omega-3 fatty acids, for example, which you find in ocean fish, such as, you know, mackerel, sardines, salmon, those kind of things, and tuna as well. But I always recommend those three normally. I always say salmon, sardines, and mackerel because less toxic. Tuna has high amounts of like, um, Uh, uh, Sorry, metal compounds Which is copper and arsenic uh, Heavy metals in there Heavy metals, that's what we're looking for Yeah. Um, So yeah, so those three uh, contain The the polyunsaturated fats for example And then your monounsaturated fats are like your nuts Your avocado, those kind of things You know, olive oil contains a bit of both you know, walnuts are one of the best sources if you're if you're a vegan or vegetarian. Walnuts are like the best source of omega three. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you don't eat fish, that is, Um packed full of of healthy fats. And then you've got your saturated fats. And I believe, don't quote me on this. I believe there's about nine different types of saturated fat. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very complex. People don't really yeah. think saturated fat bad. Um In fact, folks, you should check out my uh, my episode on saturated fat. I did recently on my uh, podcast. But yeah, saturated fat, for example, butter is another thing. You know. That we've been told not to eat butter yeah. and eat margarine. Oh, my God, people. If there's one thing you're going to do, do not eat margarine, right? Eat butter. If you, or just don't eat any of them, right? But just don't <laughs> eat. Because when, when you have, uh, what's it called, margarine or something which is um, posing as butter, if you yeah. like, but it's not... It's going to contain trans fats um, and hydrogenated fats and the worst kind of stuff you want in your body. You do not want that in your body, okay? And also the vegetable oils and- And when you say it's better stuff. for you as well because your body don't know how to digest, right? Exactly. So you're saying process that. That's right. We, we didn't evolve eating those kind of things, yeah. but they've got bad fats, uh, vegetable vegetable oils as well, which, uh, which have been proven to be bad for us, despite what the media tells us. So yeah, just generally, butter, if you have good quality grass-fed organic butter- Right, really, really good for you, generally, if you haven't got dairy intolerance, um for example, butter contains uh, myristic acid, yeah, which is a type of saturated fat, uh, extremely good for a wide range of things and bear in mind, folks as well, with fat um I believe the brain is around about seventy five percent fat and cholesterol, something along those lines, so um it just goes to show like for, for your brain operation um actually. You know, for survival, having the, uh, an adequate amount of fat is really, really important. And that includes saturated fat. As I was saying, in butter you have myristic fat, uh, maristic acid. In coconut oil, for example, that's yeah. another form of saturated fat or, um, you know, medium chain. Uh, triglycerides, we call it. Yeah. But without going too sciencey, that contains, um, luric acid, which has a wide range of benefits for the heart, the immune system, the brain. So, um, yeah, so that's the difference. The difference between the two, sorry, to answer your that's question, awesome. no, I no, just no, want to try and uh, educate them a bit. Yeah. Uh, the difference definitely. between the two is they, they both have their place. The best way to compare the two is they're both essential and, um, in the, in the right amount though. So, but what they found, folks, is saturated fats you find in, um, you know, butter, coconut oil, uh, meat. Eggs, those kind of things. And, um, dairy products as well, you know, if you have like full fat yogurt or whatever, or milk. They, um, they've done studies on women, and actually the women who had the highest amounts, I think it was a stupid amount, if I remember, in terms of the fat percentage, I think, I'm pretty sure they had about 75% saturated fat, and about 25% healthy fats, and they lost much more weight than the, the ones having um, high amount of, of, of the good fats. Yeah. So saturated fat is actually really, really important for, for weight loss and losing fat. So your body will actually break down whatever you put into it, right? So if you put fat into it, the right amounts and the right types, it's going to utilize fat as energy and burn fat. Now there's a lot of variables there again, yeah. right? So if you're eating too much carbs and sugar and whatnot and too many calories on top of that, it doesn't quite work out. But that's, that's just the way, uh, awesome. the best way to simplify it really, mate. Yeah. And then you touched on, on grass fed butter. So, mm-hmm. What's the what's the difference
1: in how important it is to trying to eat grass-fed meat or grass-fed products instead
0: of just eating the normal ones? Yeah, right. So, well, grass-fed butter. So, what I've what I've kind of uh, discovered recently is actually I was I, I didn't look too much into it and I thought right, it makes sense. Grass-fed and grain-fed, right? So, uh, a cow which eats grains is, is similar to a human. If, if a human overeats grains, right, and carbs. Generally, um, if they overeat anything, they're going to get fat, right? Don't get me wrong. But yeah. when it comes to grains, without going too much into it, when it comes to a cow eating grains, the only problem is with wheat based products and grains, uh, in countries such as Australia's not as bad as, as America and the UK where I'm from. So I hear because the regulations, but they'll spray the wheats and the grains with pesticides for a start. Okay. So pesticides are like, um, what they, a chemical they use to preserve and stop bugs eating away at the, uh, at the plants. And it's been proven to increase, uh, estrogen levels and be linked to cancer, all sorts of issues with the gut and and things like that. So they spray the wheat with pesticides for the first thing. And then what happens is they feed the shit out of the cow, right? So they'll give it loads of grains. It'll get big, right? So then when they, when they, when they actually Slaughter it again. Sorry, vegans. Um, when, when they, <laughs> when they slaughter it, it's, you know, it's bigger. It's got more meat on it, but the cow then gets sick and whatnot. So, uh, generally a grass, which, uh, sorry, a cow which eats grass as opposed to grains is going to be consuming, um, a lot less, you know, Basically, bad stuff. Yeah. So you're consuming whatever the cow consumes. So yeah. just try and go grass fed if you can. But that doesn't mean it's organic. So that's another thing altogether. Is um, when you have grass fed, it's still it's still gonna have the, the cow is still gonna have hormones in it. Okay. So oh, I did
1: not know that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I gotcha. I yeah. thought that when you grass fed,
1: instantly you you think that's organic already. Exactly. That's what I thought up until recently, see. So. Well. Um, so yeah, generally. Is, is it, you, and also has to be grass-finished, which is – I didn't know that as well. That's another thing, yeah. Yeah, because they, they usually feed the cow grass, and then at the end they give them grains to just you know build that muscle very quick. So you've exactly. got to try
0: to find grass-fed and also grass-finished. That's it, exactly. So that's the best way to break it down is like, you know, if, it, if it's eating grains, generally you're going to be consuming um, a lot more chemicals and stuff. Yeah. It's just not ideal for the body. Uh, so for longevity and health, go for the grass-fed um, – or organic, one of the two. But thing is, if you go organic, it, it can still be grain fed, then, right? Yeah. But it means the. So the, I would say the player's safe. You're better off just going grass fed, uh, and if you can know the source, so if you can get it from like a uh, butchers or something like that when yeah. it comes to the meat. But yeah, you can get good quality grass fed butter now. In, yeah, uh, a lot. Of and places. I
1: think a lot of people will come up. Oh, I don't, I don't buy grass fed because it's more expensive. But I particularly, I, I'm learning now the amount of protein is necessary. I want to ask that question to you as well, because I realised that by eating less protein, but still eating like animal protein, but eating the necessary amount. I was paying the same amount of money spending on, on meat, but I was buying a better quality meat, which is the grass fat. when I do my groceries, so for our listeners, how much protein do you need, for example, for someone that want to lose weight or someone that want to build muscle or someone that just want to keep healthy. You know what I mean? Mm. How much protein is enough? You know what yeah, I mean? That's a exactly. good, that's a lot of people don't know. That's it. And I think I was eating maybe four meals a day and all four meals have animal meat. And you know, I don't know that. Is that, is that good? Is that not good? Mm, how much so, protein?
0: Yeah, so I'll just I'll just go back a little step and just give the uh, listeners a little insight into my experience with eating lots of protein. I'm pretty sure I've done some irreversible gut uh, irreversible damage to my gut, um, and that I, I'm pretty sure having too much protein for a long period of time when I was doing competitions for about three years, and I wasn't educated. I was probably having about three times the amount I needed minimum. Okay, on top of that, it's harder for my finger on it because I was having a lot of supplements as well, like protein supplements, which are really artificial and whatnot, yeah. so I was having way too much protein, and um, ever as soon as I cut my protein down and increased the amount of fat, so what I'd done then, rather than having heaps of protein and just eating unnecessary amounts, which my body was only absorbing a third of it at most anyway, so it was just a waste of calories for a start, Yeah. but when you eat uh, a lot of protein, now, they've done a lot of studies, and what they're finding is actually um, when you have too much protein, even like twice the amount you need for a sustained amount of times, it can increase the risk of certain types of cancer by about 400%. Wow. So it's really, really acidic um, you know, protein. And to break it down, the body has to work really, really mean hard. mean just protein in general or animal protein oh, I, in particular? Oh yeah, obviously animal proteins in, uh, in particular are a lot yeah. more acidic yeah. as, far as, as far as I know. But protein in general, if you overload the amount you have, whether you're getting it from you know, vegetables or animals or something yeah. Whatever, generally, obviously, if you're getting it from vegetables, you're not going to get that high amount into it. Yeah. it be dangerous, but yeah, it can be really bad on the body. So, for the listeners, um, what I always recommend people to have. So, for example, if your goal is to look better, feel better, and whatnot, which is is you know for the majority, then I always recommend if you're new to lifting weights. Okay, I always. Again, there's a lot of variables here, but. Because everyone's different. Everyone's now. different. Yeah. But generally, I, I get people there and about having about one gram of protein per pound of body weight. I don't know why I do pounds for that in America. Oh, just because it, okay, it's not in the UK, because it really? was like how much is skillless? I have it, no idea. Exactly. So I'll just try and, yeah, so it's 2.2 pounds to a kilo. So, um, so say about, I don't know, roughly about 0.4, um, kilos. So, so if you, if you have like one gram, so let me just work that out now. So want, let's just go to pounds, right? I'm not very really That's right. Mass. No problem. <laughs> I'll break it down now.
1: That's right. We'll break that afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I, to show notes. I always say if,
0: if you're new to lifting weights, right, um, you need more protein. Okay. Yeah. So if you're new to the gym, you're new to lifting weights, it's a new adaptation for the body, therefore your body needs more protein. So I always get people to have a gram per pound of body weight. So if you weigh, say, 150 pounds, you need around about there are about 150 grams of protein, I would say, for you to get Really good results, but that's the maximum amount, Ruben. Right? So anything from about 0.6 to, to to one gram per pound of body weight is is suffice. So with me, I think I average um, around about the minimum, so about no, I'd say about 0.8 uh, grams per pound of body weight. So I weigh roughly about 200 pounds, and I have there and about about 160 grams of protein a day. And when you put this in on a meal
1: to explain our listeners, um, how many, how much you're eating, and how if you can have a portion how much protein you have in the plate for example yeah so if you have an idea
0: yeah on a plate um all you need is like a palm size amount so let's just say three times a day right so if you're having three meals a day which most people do um all you need is about a palm size amount of meat in each meal in each meal that's all you need meat or fish you know however you want yeah distinguish that and that's all you need really that's going to be uh, a sufficient amount for more without going into the grams and stuff generally when it comes to health and and stuff like that and actually build a muscle that's going to be enough so um yeah for example someone who wants to get let's just say 150 grams of protein in so um so like the average woman probably weighs roughly around that anyway right let's just say 150 pounds What's that in kilos? That's about, um, 60 kilos, around about 60 kilos, Mm -hmm. there and about. So uh, give or take a bit, 60 kilos. You actually don't, you don't, so if you, if you weigh 60 kilos, you probably only need about, uh, 0.6 of that. So just trying to figure it out now. So on a, on a plate, the best way, the best way to put it is if you get, I'll just go back to basics and say you just literally just get three, three, um, palm full size. So I just lost my way a bit then because I'm trying to, I'm trying to do all these calculations right. in my head. I'm not really going to match. But, uh, there we are. It's, so I'm just going to say I don't know on that one, but yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. a lot of variables, but don't overthink it with protein yeah. made. Don't bother with supplements. I just want to put that one out there. Don't get too hung up on taking protein shakes. Okay. Because that is going to be the small 1% of your end goal. Yeah. Okay. Focus on eating whole foods. And as me and Ruben just discussed. And what's whole food for the, the listeners? Whole foods. When it comes to meat, make sure it's grass fed or organic yeah. or whatever. Um, and vegetables. Yeah, um, I, I don't always. If, you, if you're not eating any vegetables, then just make a point of starting to eat some vegetables. Okay, yeah. so um, you need basically, ideally, you want some, um, you, you want some above the ground vegetables and some below the ground mm. vegetables on your plate. So on your plate, for example, you want like a third meat. A third above the ground and a third below the ground. So, for example, below the ground are going to be your, um, you know, your cruciferous, cruciferous veg, yeah. such as broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, kale, those kind of things. Yeah. Got it the wrong way around. That's going to be above ground. And then the root vegetables, such as carrots, all those kind of sweet things, potato. Potato, yeah. all those kind of things. You Amazing. want a combination of that yeah. on, your, on your plate, essentially. Yes. So uh, so whole foods, the best way to describe it is anything which hasn't been tampered with too much. Now it has been changed by the human. Exactly. That came from the nature just itself as the way it is. Exactly. Yeah. If, if it grows on trees or it grows under the ground, then that's yeah. the kind of stuff you want in your body. Um, for the most part, though, people, don't get me wrong, I don't eat whole foods 100% of the time. You, know, you, you want to have a break every now and then. Occasionally, I, I try not to eat any processed foods nowadays days rude, but occasionally it happens, doesn't it? We're human, Um, but just be mindful. Just be mindful, mindful, yeah. Yeah. Don't want you crazy. Uh, B12, we're talking about protein now, so
1: can you get B12? Maybe explain how important B12 is um, and if you can get from animal protein, but also if you can get from vegetables, and what's the difference?
0: Okay, so B12 uh, is also known as uh, folate. Okay, that's the nutrient it is, and the thing with B12 is you cannot physically get the right amount into your body um supplements are not the same right so yes if you're a vegetarian or vegan and you don't eat red meats then yes you can take supplements but the body doesn't absorb it's nowhere near as bioavailable in the body so we do need a certain amount of, of red meat maybe once or twice a week ideally for most people Again, is everyone's different, but for most people, you're going to need to get once or twice a week, good source of red meat in the body, right? Cause that's going to give you the highest dose of, of B12. Now you, there's different types of vegetables you can get it in. And if I'm honest, I'm a little bit rusty at the moment. I can't think specifically which ones have the highest amount in. I'll have to do a bit of research on that. Uh, I do believe like hemp seeds and stuff like that and hemp based products have a, a decent amount of B12 in. Yeah. But generally you do need, you do need to eat some sort of meat and, and the thing is, um, with people who are, who are vegans and stuff, um, I don't mean to, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to attack any vegans. Like a lot of people do it for moral reasons; they do it because. Yeah, and then yeah, we do appreciate that. That's, that's right. We know where they're coming from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah totally. But for health reasons, um, even even people who think they feel good, they switch over to the vegan diet. Oh, I feel really good most of the time that's because of the stuff you've eliminated so a lot of people then end up eating more vegetables and eliminating yeah. processed foods so they end up eating a bit healthier and that's normally why they feel better but what they find is a couple of years down the line most of these people are getting nutrient deficiencies and primarily B12 so you can get B12 in, in eggs and stuff as well and other types of meats uh, fish yeah. as well oh, do you know what I'm, I'm not going to lie I'm not going to lie to the listeners I'm a little bit rusty I wish I, I wish i had touched up on my nutrition that's a right. bit more before this that's but Jim, right. um, but, but, but <laughs> we're not <laughs> expecting those questions <laughs> yeah exactly you, you threw Man, I did all this study on you, man. I've been listening to your podcast for like two weeks before this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's it. But just be mindful of that, folks. Um, when, when you, I just want to talk a little bit more about me is because a lot of people have watched that. I don't know. My first ever episode, actually podcast episode was on, uh, what the hell? What the hell? Uh, and yeah, documentary, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So obviously the people who were running that documentary were doing it from a moral st- standpoint, clearly. Uh, they were against, you know, animal cruelty and whatnot. But for them to portray and try and brainwash people into thinking that meat is all, all meat's bad for you and eggs are bad. And they compared fish to having five cigarettes. Oh my God. So a lot of my listeners, I still have to try and convince that I actually no meat is actually essential. It's an essential. We evolve eating some meat. Yeah. Um, but you can eat too much of, of anything, Rue. Um, but with B12, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, get yourself some sublingual spray, ideally. That's the best way to get it in your body if you're going to get a supplement. What is so, that? So it's like a spray. You really? Spray Spray it on your tongue. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, that's the best way to get it in. Um, awesome. Because yeah, hemoglobin levels. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the best way. So uh, if if you're a vegan or vegetarian, okay. hope that clears that up, mate.
1: That's awesome. Um,
0: so let's talk about
1: intermittent fasting. I know you you do approach this yes, one. This one, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and tell 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 the listeners the benefits of it. Um, and because um, like for example, a lot of people say, oh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and we've been sold on that for so many years. You know, your family you used to say the same thing, and you always know, have your cereal in the morning with that milk. Um, tell us a little bit about intermittent fasting and why breakfast um, is not, you know, the most important meal of your day. Okay. So
0: intermittent fasting is, I mean, the best way to put this is fasting is actually a stress on the body, right? So I would never recommend intermittent fasting to someone who is a beginner when it comes to nutrition and eating the right foods. However... It's been proven time and time again that different forms of fasting on humans is actually really, 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 really extremely. In fact, I can't actually express how good it is on the body. However, again, everyone's different. So it is a stress on the body, fasting, just like... You know, lifting weights uh, and, and vigorous kinds of exercises are a stress on the body. It's not the actual stress on the body which is favorable for the body. It's the way your body responds to that stress. For example, just to give you a little bit of an analogy, so when you lift weights, you break down muscle tissue, your body then has to adapt and respond to that stress by building muscle to protect you from the insult next time in the gym. It's the same for fasting, right? So with fasting, if you deprive the body of food, then what it will do is it'll actually, um, it'll actually regenerate. So, so don't get me wrong. Some people, like I've tried it with a few people and what I find with intermittent fasting is, like I said at the start, I always try, not try, I always get people to a high level with their nutrition. I'll get them tracking their calories. I'll get them to learn lots and lots about their body before I even mention fasting to them. Now, That is because um, you need to know your stuff before you start fasting. So for most people, as I was saying, fasting is really good because all the good stuff in your body, right, folks, just just listen to this one, all the good stuff in your body happens when you're not eating, right? So whenever you're eating, your body is under a little bit of stress, okay, to break down food and whatnot, which means it has to prioritize that over other operations, such as, you know, regenerating your cells, your immune system and whatnot. So with intermittent fasting for me, because I do this every single day, right? So generally, I just don't have breakfast. So um, I'll eat uh, let's just say on average, most days I'll eat between roughly about 11 and 8 p.m. or between 12 and 8 p.m. So it's like an eight or nine hour window. And a lot of people think, oh crap. They're probably thinking, oh, how does he go? How does he go without breakfast? You know? And it's like, folks, you're eating out a habit. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you how it is, right? Most of us just eat out of habit. We do not know what it's like to be hungry in these countries, in westernized countries. I mean, I know what it's like to be hungry from doing competitions I've done where I've got my body fat down to like two, three percent. Wow. Um, yeah. And, um, so yeah, so like just bear that in mind. Um, but yeah, so many different things that link in fasting too, and I don't want to recommend this to anyone, but intermittent fasting is really, really good because you can fit that into your lifestyle. Okay, so for me, it's like I start I have clients at like five, six a.m. in the morning, so it's not convenient for me to eat at four a.m. in the morning anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, fine. Well, I don't really want. And you're it. you after you eat as well, exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I do have breakfast, I'll have like a high protein, high fat breakfast. For example, I'll have like um, like an omelette, or I'll have just some eggs and steak with some greens and avocado. Mm-hmm. So high protein and fat, not. so much carbs, easier to digest. Easy to digest, and it'll give me. It'll actually give you energy because it gives you more sustained energy. Yeah. When you eat fat and fiber uh, and sufficient protein, but um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll skip breakfast, and um, and yeah, it's it's it serves me really well with my lifestyle. And a lot of people, you know, it does work for them because um, they don't have to worry about preparing their food as well and preparing X amount of meals each day. They can just have one meal in the day. So generally, what I'll do. On a day where I'm not doing like a big full body session, when I break my fast at like 12 p.m., it'll be a big meal, but it'll be predominantly protein and fats. And, and lots of vegetables so I'll have a wide range of vegetables I'll have for example some avocado some olive oil some nuts some ocean fish maybe as well which is packed full of fats so I'm packing about you know a thousand calories minimum into that first meal but it's the right kind of nutrients and calories yeah. so it's, it's not like sugary carbs or anything like that mm-hmm. and that'll give me a boost of energy then and it'll, it'll serve me for a good few hours and sometimes on Sundays this is rare because I'm a big guy I need to eat at least three and a half thousand calories just wow. so I don't yeah. minimum just so I don't lose weight um so i'll just have another meal in the evening I'll have another big feast in the evening so i like to call it intermittent, intermittent feasting because <laughs> you can just have big ass meals man i love yeah. having a big meals it's like having a feast every time i'm the
1: week. same i'm listening with you the same? i would rather do that than small meals i feel so like oh my god i just ate nothing
0: i need to eat more oh definitely that's <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> i know i know that's exactly the same. i just wanted to say just to run through some of the health benefits so this is what I like to clear up is the problem is with fasting. It's, you'll hear lots and lots more about this now, folks, right? The only reason you haven't heard too much about it is because companies Find it hard to promote fasting, right? (laughs) How do you, how do you, what can you sell to to make people, you know what I mean? It's not, you're not eating, right? You're you're not not going to buy anything. Exactly. I'm sure they'll bring some sort of pill out as well. And especially
1: if you get rid of your breakfast, you're going to get rid of a lot of food that you only eat on breakfast, right? And that's that's not beneficial for companies that only sell products that people
0: are consuming during breakfast. 100%. That's exactly right. And the thing is with fasting, is people look at it as a way to get leaner and to lose weight. Do not go down the path of using fasting. Even intimate, even if you go in like longer periods without food, even if it's just 12 hours, you know, you're going, you're trying to drag out, you know, longer times in between meals or wherever it is. Don't use that as a way of losing body fat and losing weight. That's not the way to look at it, right? Because you, you're looking at it the wrong way. And all that does then is it creates uh, a disorder because then you're essentially looking at, I'm going to try and starve myself to get leaner. Now that's the bottom of the list in terms of the benefits, of losing body fat. For me, I mean, the, they found neurogenesis is one of them, right? So you actually, your brain cells regenerate, okay? So actually your, your brain brain, like I said, regenerates, reproduces cells, okay? Also, um, autophagy, so that's the fascinating one for me. Is it's where destruction of the bad cells. Is that, is that, that's exactly yeah. right, yeah. So what will happen is the immune system will wipe out dead cells and bad cells that are no longer needed by the body and actually replace them with new ones. So it your immune system, which is obviously, um, it increases longevity and whatnot. There's loads of different benefits. You're not releasing insulin either, so when you when you're fasting, obviously you're not having carbohydrates or any foods which are going to release insulin, which is a fat-storing hormone and is, is linked to diabetes and all these, you know, it plays a massive part. I don't care what anyone says, a calorie is not a calorie. Um, what a lot of people are eating nowadays with a westernized diet and processed foods, um, pumping out insulin, pumping all these refined sugars into their body all the time, they become insulin resistant, so the body becomes resistant to insulin, and then that then converts into diabetes. So, that's another thing. You're not releasing insulin. You're giving your body a break, right? Um, i could go on forever. You're releasing more growth hormone as well when you're fasting. So when you're, wow. when, yeah, yeah, when you're in a fasted state, you're, you're pumping out more growth hormone, which is the opposite to insulin. It's a fat burning hormone. So I could go on forever, but I don't want to promote it too much. If you, if you're at a decent level and you're eating healthy and you're a healthy individual, by all means try it, but start off with like maybe just a 12 hour fast. Okay. So for example, if you're going to um, finish eating at like, 8 p.m. Or say you finish earlier, finish eating at 6 p.m. Uh, the next day then, break your fast. Uh, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or something in the morning, right? So that's like a 12, 14 hour fast. Yeah. Don't go straight into like 16 to 20 hours straight away. Yeah. See how you feel. Pay attention to how you feel and whatnot because um, what I find is, I don't know, it's something to do with the hormonal makeup of a woman. Yeah, I've had some some bad feedback of women in the past with fasting. So especially if you're pregnant, don't try these with your pregnant. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly it, Rube. It's a stress on the body. It's a stress on the body. Yeah, there we go. But it's a good stress, okay? If you do it right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put that in there as well, right? I love it. I'm an advocate. I wish I, could, I wish I could make my own supplement. What can I do, mate? Can I get some sort of slim fast? Slim sandwich? fast. Yeah. Slim <laughs> fasting or something like that. I don't know. Let's figure something out after Let's this. Let's do it. We definitely do something.
1: <laughs> and you always talk about improving your
0: relationship with food. What do you mean by that? And when did you start thinking this way? Okay. So what I meant by that is improving my relationship with food. So, yeah, I always thought to myself, um, because... The first people that I brought out to mind for me, once again, is the uh, mind pump guys, and um, I thought to myself when he first said it, I laughed. I was like, relationship with food, as if like <laughs> you're sleeping with it or something, you know? I mean? it's like, <laughs> or you're building up a bond or a friendship with an apple or something. I'm like, why well, these guys? These guys are way out there. Yeah. And then I just started to actually identify what it meant, and um, in reality, so I went to I was in a bad place with food with my relationship with food. So. Restrictive eating, okay, when I was uh, preparing for competitions and modeling shoots and whatnot, which was about three years, um, you know, pretty continuously, like pretty frequently I was doing a photo shoot or I was doing a competition and I, I didn't know what anywhere near what I know now. So I was restrictive eating. So, for example, I'll i just give an example of a photo shoot I'd done. Uh, I had like a four-week and then a four-week cut, right? So um, I was already quite lean, so I thought, right, I have to get shredded for this shoot, right? So I had four weeks, and I literally ate primarily chicken and spinach and broccoli for four weeks, right? Okay, there was some sweet potatoes, some salmon, some nuts here and there, but that's pretty much what I would do because that's all I knew. All I knew was the bodybuilding way, like I'd done for shows, where it would be chicken and broccoli, okay? So... The thing is most of us are brainwashed into the bodybuilder mentality when it comes to eating six meals a day and yeah. eating chicken and broccoli like that somehow yeah. for you, right? Anyway, so I would restrict the foods I was having. And then what would happen when I finished the shoot is I would rebound, right? I would rebound for about, you know, sometimes you would go on for days, even a week after a show before I was eating crap every single day for a week. So essentially I cre- I... I created a disorder so the binge eating disorder is what is what actually it's a lot more common than you think guys by the way so talking about a relationship with food an example of someone with a a poor relationship with food is someone with the binge eating disorder now in Australia for example uh, I think about 50% of all eating disorders so whether that be Um, what's it, what's it called? Um, anorexic. Yeah. Anything like that. Bulimic. Bulimic. All these things. 50% of those are binge eating. So the binge eating disorder is by far the most common one. So a lot of people are not even aware they have it, especially, especially guys, because they just do it and they think, oh yeah, it's okay. I can have a day off, but no, it doesn't really work like that. It's not good for your body when you're binging. So I developed a poor relationship with food through binge eating after restricting myself for, um, competitions and whatnot. Um, and then talking about the damage i had done to my gut, it was, it was partly the amount of protein I was having, I think, and the stress I put on my body, um, and then restrictive eating and binge eating, um, over, you know, the space of a few years really, um, on and off, I, i done some irreversible, irreversible damage to my gut and mentally talk about mentally, right? Um, I was in a bad place. So let me just try and uh, relate this more to the listeners. So, a lot, of, a lot of people might be listening to this thinking, oh, you know, I eat, I eat quite healthy, okay? Now, that's another thing, right? Um, I have people come into to me uh, on their first consultation, and a lot of the time I'll ask them, you know, do you eat healthy? And they'll say, yeah, I ate really healthy. And I'll say, okay, so what I want to do is I want to just track, uh, what you're having. There's, there's an app you can use, folks, by the way, if you want to, if you want to learn more about nutrients and, and your calories, it's called My Fitness Pal. That's what I use. Do you use that it's all? No, I haven't used, but uh, yeah. I've seen you, you always, you always bring it up this year in podcasts. You don't need to, mate. You shred it all year round now. Can't get
1: my Maybe you bring my muscle mass. That's what <laughs> I want to do.
0: <laughs> don't take your top off next me today, mate. Yeah, but, but, uh, but that's it. And they, they think, they think they're and healthy, but um, in reality, they're eating like way, way too much sugar or whatnot. So it should be mindful. And, and, and what, what we don't realize is a lot of the foods we've been brought up eating, right? Um, like from a young age, for example, I used to eat lots of cereal, uh, lots of full fat milk, which is not always a bad thing, but again, going, to, going back to the quality of the milk, you know, it wasn't organic kind of thing. And all of these things, right? Um, and processed foods as well. Like, you know, I wasn't poor poor growing up, but I wasn't particularly well off either. Yeah. So my mum used to get, you know, food which wasn't the best quality. Bless her. I don't mean that she always put food on the table, the best mother in the world. But when I look back, a lot of it was processed, right? And the thing is, a lot of us are brainwashing to thinking that most of these foods, like you know, they'll, they'll market certain things, like for example, even protein bars, for example. That's an example, right? They market them as as healthy. They're not healthy. Look at the list, people. When you look at things you're going to buy, have a look how many ingredients are in there for a start, right? Um, and if you've got a few more than two or three ingredients in there and some weird names you never saw before, it's, it's not going to be good for you. So it's actually, educate, when it comes to a healthy relationship with food, it's actually educating yourself on on what's healthy and what's not, right? And just going back to what we said earlier, you know, eating stuff which um, we evolved eating fruit, veg, some good quality animal proteins, right? Right? Um, yeah. And that, I mean, there's a lot, there's a wider range of food out there, which is derived from certain things, you know, there's yeah. different types of seeds and, of course. you know, there's enjoyable, um, I make it sound really bland, but yeah. So just, just to answer that question, um, what I mean by a healthy relationship with food is eating to live. Okay. And not living to eat. And most of most of us do, do live that way, you know, where, um, our brains are hijacked into chasing sugar. So without realizing it, most people, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be condescending, but most people listen to this now, pr- their, primary, their primary goal when they eat a meal is to get carbohydrates in, whether they know it or not, right? Yeah. They're, they're, oh, I'm just going to have this protein bar. You're going for the sugar and the sweeteners. You're not going for the protein. Let me yeah. tell you. You try eating protein on its own. It's not very enjoyable. Try eating, yeah. some, try eating some egg whites, right? Or some, some whey protein, which is unflavored, 100%. It tastes like shit. It yeah. tastes great. You know what I'm saying? It's, really it's not particularly bag. enjoyable. Yeah. So it's, it's always going to be the sweeteners. So artificial sweeteners, right? Um, some of them like sucralose, for example. It's 600 times sweeter than sugar, right? So when you have a protein bar, uh, an artificial one, it's going to have sucralose and maybe some other sweeteners in there. So you're tricking your brain into thinking it's having sugar, but essentially it's just having nothing, right? Because it's a non-nutritive thing. Uh, artificial sweetener doesn't have any calories. So you're not getting the calories from the sugar or the carbs, but your, your brain thinks you are. So it's releasing insulin, and then it's it's changing your gut flora. So you're going to be chasing then those kind of foods. So yeah, um, it's educating yourself on hidden sugars and stuff like that, and just focusing, focusing on eating more fats, folks. Um, so with your meal, for example, having vegetables, a, 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 a decent amount of vegetables, and I'm not, I don't want another thing I don't want to condemn is carbohydrates. Right? I'm not one of these people. Oh, carbs make you fat. Carbs are bad. No, too much protein can make you fat. Too much fat can make you. Too much anything can make you fat. Right. But with carbohydrates, it's the rate that the, um, carbohydrates, it's the the rate at which the carbohydrates hit your bloodstream, right? Yeah. So if you're having something which is like, um, you know, processed or, you know, something which is really sweet, um, you know, like something, like sweets or something rubbish, then it's going to hit your blood sugar. It's going to spike your blood sugar really, really fast. Um, you have to pump out lots of insulin. Um, normally those foods haven't got any fiber in, which, which give you that, the slow release in kind of, so for example, if you're having something crap over a piece of fruit like an apple, an apple is gonna contain polyphenols, okay, um, which is like a powerful antioxidant, and also lots of fiber, which is gonna slow down the rate it breaks down and give you more satiety, but, not so you don't want to overeat fruit either right so like uh, some fruit is good but focus mainly on vegetables because packed full of fiber slow release and sustained energy um and just try and reduce um processed processed refined carbohydrates cereals uh, most pasta uh bread as well now most of these things uh, folks i hate to tell you are actually going to contain refined sugars and some sort of chemicals and they're going to be processed one way or another and um we we eat those things out of habits. And they're not ideal if your goal is, you know, overall. That those are not the worst kind of foods, but I'm just saying they're the go-to foods for a lot of people, right? Like pasta, bread, cereal. Yeah, definitely. Just be mindful and they're not ideal for the body. If you're going to eat bread, um ideally, like sourdough is yeah. better because it's, a lot of the time, if you can get good quality sourdough, it's fermented, so it's good for the gut yeah. and less gluten. So, yeah, it's just be mindful of those things, really. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. How are we with time? Um so We're okay. So we we've got, we got about ten minutes. Ten minutes? Cool. Yeah, maybe we just go yeah, maybe about eight minutes to be specific. Eight minutes? Okay, <laughs>
1: we've got a quick on that. Okay, then just go over
0: sorry, I, I, Sorry, people. So go off on a tangent a bit. Like, That's absolutely you can fun, see man. I'm passionate. I no, said that. At the start. I love it. I love
1: it. <laughs> I'm just gonna go for it because I have so many other questions. Let's see more important ones. Um, yeah, when I want to talk about this. Uh, people think about working with weights only by b- for building muscle mass, or if they want to lose weight, they just go on a treadmill and they run crazy hours and they just go the extreme. Um, why that? Tell the, the listeners why this is the wrong approach.
0: Okay, cardio. Cardio. Okay, presence, so what beauty, I'm going to yeah. do, I'm going to try and break these questions down into about a minute answer now, right? Let's so we do it. get more. Okay, so cardio is a little bit overrated, okay? When you do cardio automatically yes you're going to burn some calories okay so you're going to go on a treadmill for example and run let's say you burn 200 calories great afterwards boom that's it it's done you're not burning any more calories then from that cardio when you lift weights your body will start manually burning more calories because when you build muscle muscle oxidizes fat And muscle, a good analogy is muscle is expensive, right? Muscle tissue is expensive. It costs a lot of calories for the body. So one pound of muscle will burn you around about 30 to 50 calories a day, okay? So if you build, say, five pounds of muscle over the space of eight weeks, let's say, okay, that's like an extra up to 250 calories your body's burning manually by you doing no extra. Another thing with cardio is with cardio... The body adapts in a way which is not ideal. So if you're doing cardio day in, day out, your metabolism will actually slow down, okay? Because you're burning calories automatically all the time. So why is your metabolism going to speed up? It doesn't make sense, is it? For your resting metabolic rate to speed up from you doing cardio. It's a protection. Protection. Yeah. Thank you very much. So... Cardio is good, right? But I would recommend low-intensity cardio. Focus on moving. Focus on your movement, okay? So it's the the movement you're doing without thinking, the cardio you're doing without being aware of it, day-to-day life. If you have got an office jobs, folks, and you're sat on your ass for most of the day, then get up and walk around for a bit, okay? Go on a little walk every hour. Be more active. That's the most important thing, right? So weight training and activity over cardio. But high-intensity cardio does have its place as well, right? So... Uh, but it's, it's more like of a tool. and stuff like that. Exactly. But it's awesome. a tool. Yeah? It's a tool. Do it for, say, three or four weeks, the body adapts, and then it becomes diminishing. Yes. So, yeah, focus on lifting weights and moving enough. Yes. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. You talk
1: about a lot of um, social comparison. And yep. I know you read The Settled of Not Giving a Fuck, which is a great book. And now, also that one about social media and distraction on the phone. I forgot the name, but I actually listened twice already. Irresistible? Was yes, it? that's yeah, the yeah. one. I've listened twice. It's an amazing book. I've got to listen again as well. It's so good. Um, but talk about the social comparison thing and
0: how people, you can apply this into fitness. Yeah, exactly. So social comparisons nowadays are um, rife, right? Because social media. So for example, just to break down what that is. Now, subconsciously, we compare ourselves to others anyway. Just just to put that out there, folks. Subconsciously, it is completely normal for you to be comparing yourself to other people. It's an evolutionary thing. It was essential for survival, right? So you're doing that subconsciously anyway, let alone when you've got social media. And for example, you go on your newsfeed. I'll just use women as as an example because I train a lot of women. Um, A lot of them spend a lot of time scrolling through Instagram and looking at um, other models they look up to, and you're comparing yourselves to their body, okay? And all you're doing is making yourself feel worse, and over time, you're cementing in um, insecurities. So you're making yourself more and more insecure, and you're making your mind more fragile, because you're going to shoot yourself down there when you look in the mirror and you compare yourself to this fitness model, who looks amazing, by the way, on Instagram and Facebook. But trust me, I've met a lot of them, and they don't look how they look in the flesh. <laughs> I'm not mentioning any names, right? But... Um, don't get me wrong. A lot of them do look great in the flesh. But like what you see on Instagram and Facebook is not real. It's not a real world, right? So just do me a favor and try not to spend – don't follow too many people, right? You only need to follow certain people. Like, for example, if you're going to follow fitness, why not follow just me for for guys and follow a girl, right? You don't need to follow, like, 20 of each. You just don't need to do that, right? Yeah. So just follow the big player, the people that you really look up to, um, and just don't bombard yourself with all this stuff on your news feed. Um, and just focus on educating yourself by – listening to like, uh, podcasts and audio, audio books, just like um, just like Ruben mentioned to me, as opposed to scrolling through your news feed yeah. and, and putting yourself into a, into a worse state long-term, really. It's not doing you any favors. Awesome. How many minutes have we got? Uh, we've probably got about another six minutes, five six or six. minutes. Awesome. Perfect. Um,
1: go down, because I want to talk about your program, because yeah, I know cool. you started your business as well. Um, yeah. And I know that... that Talk about your program and the difference of the three phases and why it's different from other approaches and, you know, just yeah. tell a bit about your business and what you're trying to create now.
0: Okay, great. So, at the moment, I've just got these, uh, I've got two programs right now. I've got Build Your Best Body, which is inspired by Mind Pump, okay? So, it's just like uh, Ruben said earlier, it's uh, very similar in terms of the concepts. So, it's uh, designed for you to do two to three total body weight training sessions per week uh, and then the days in between, you do pump-up sessions, okay? So, I had to change the name, but I couldn't call it Trigger Sessions. So, you do pump-up pump sessions <laughs> on the days in between, you're like that. Um, pump Obsessions with the band on the days in between, and um, yeah, like I put my own stamp on it a little bit. So that's one of my programs, and that is going to get you. Um, it's going to build you. A he- it's a nine-week program. It's going to build you heaps of muscle, and um, and basically, it's going to get you performing better in the gym. And it'll be an absolutely game changer. It's going to really build your metabolism as well, because the significant amount of muscle you're going to build within that period uh, is going to get your metabolism roaring. So that's my yeah. number one program. Uh, I've got a new one now, which is the 28-day challenge, which essentially. Is designed to get people to reset their gut a little bit by eliminating dairy and wheat products generally, yeah. and uh, focusing on whole foods and uh, doing my and just moving more. It's very basic, folks. Um, but if you want to get leaner for a holiday or whatever, the 28 day challenge is for you. Like I said, I don't like doing short term, so um, I do have some follow up methods for you as well after the 28 days. But yeah, that's my two main programs, and I have an ebook as well now. Amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Which well done, mate. And no worries. But yeah, they can sign up for my free uh, free taster of the ebook anyway if uh, if they want. So, so uh they, I can add them to the newsletter if they send me their email one way or another anyway, Yeah, So we'll definitely get
1: and the, the end of the of awesome. this episode. Um any unusual unusual thing or habit about you?
0: Unusual unusual habit. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> that's that's a good shout that is. Um yeah, I like to rap to myself a lot. Yeah. I like I like hip hop. Yeah, awesome. So, so like, I, I literally, 80% of the music I listen to is hip hop and rap. And I'll just constantly have got lyrics going, going around in my head. Yeah. So like, um, and I'll, I'm, I'm a bit strange. I'll, I'll do it in like different voices and like weird. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, just, just to entertain myself from time to time. And I'm like your friend as well. She thinks I'm a bit weird as well, you know, dancing around when there's no music on and stuff. Yeah. So I think it's more just like, yeah, just, just talking to myself occasionally. Amazing. But rapping, it's weird. That's (laughs) awesome. That's (laughs) lovely. (laughs) Well, any quotes you live by and why? Uh, okay, so quotes I live by Could be just one. one. Could just be one, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you know what? I don't know whether this is a quote, but this is something that just sprung to mind then. Um, be the best version of you, okay? Now you're probably thinking, oof, that's quite vast, right? But going back to what we were saying about social comparisons, the problem is, right, we get so sucked in now, we do not realize it, but with social media, it's an experiment, folks. It's... They haven't got long-term studies to prove the detrimental effect it's going to have on your brain. Don't get me wrong. It's great in other areas and technology is great, but there's it, going to be a dark side. Okay? So be the best version of yourself. Okay? Focus on yourself. Like I said, try not to compare yourself to other people too much. Um, focus on your health. Right? So... When it comes to looking good and feeling good, you need to make health priority, right? And what I mean by that is focus on the four pillars of health, okay? To be the best version of yourself, focus on the big rocks, sleep, food, exercise, and creating relationships, okay, healthy relationships with people. Focus on those four things, okay? And I guarantee you, you'll be on the right tracks to be in the the best version of yourself. Amazing. And before we we
1: go into how people can find you on everywhere, um... One or three
0: things you're most grateful for and why? Okay. So one, one of, one or three? One or three. Up to you. Okay. All or right. five. Okay. <laughs> good stuff. Okay. So number one is obviously going to be my health. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful for my health. And, um, just, I take it for granted, you know, I take it for granted that I'm, you know, I'm in a healthy state. And, um, you know, I'm in, I'm in the shape of my life without thinking about it as well as, as a byproduct of good health. So it's that's part of who you are now. That's it, yeah. part of who I am. So I'm extremely grateful for that. Uh, secondly, I'm I'm extremely grateful for my family. Uh, you know what it's like, Reuben. Of course. Our family's on the other side of the world. 14,000 kilometers away. Exactly. Even further for me, mate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they're the other side of the world. And uh, to be honest, I've always, obviously, I've always been super grateful for my family. I've only got a small family, predominantly just my mum and sister. And, um, you know, it, may, it makes you realize when you come away how grateful you actually are for the more connected, right? Exactly. In the same way. Exactly. So my family, I'm super grateful for, And um, I'm going to say as well, I'm, I'm just going to be basic with this one and just say my girlfriend as well. Amazing. I'm, I'm super grateful for her because um, awesome, man. I, I've only been with her for like three months. But, um, yeah, she is just awesome in so many ways. Amazing. And, um, we'll make sure I, she listens to this well. I know. I'm really, 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 really grateful for that. And... Uh, yeah, gratitude for that daily mate. Hundred percent. Amazing. Um I had to say that one, didn't I? Put <laughs> me on the spot there. I said two I thought shit. I gotta say a fair one now. <laughs> Sorry, Kim. Nah 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 I meant that. I meant
1: that. You're definitely <laughs> meant that. <man. laughs> I can feel it, like Kim. I can't can see in the eyes. Good, good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's finish this up. Um why the listeners can find you, if they wanna check it out your website, your program, if you wanna reach out where yep. they can find you, and I'll put everything on the show notes afterwards for course.
0: Great, thanks, brother. Um Instagram is at MartinsilverFitness.